Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Now, there are certain biographies that just jump out at you. How about this one? The lead singer of one of the most beloved rock bands ever, who just released a powerful new book on absolute truth, the authority of scripture, and a call to remember why we believe what we believe. Mr. John Cooper of the celebrated group Skillet just released Awake and Alive to Truth, finding truth in the chaos of a relativistic world. But the truth is, John has been a bold and compelling voice for his faith for decades. And he has a great passion for reaching this generation with the great hope of Jesus. Today, we welcome the irrepressible Mr. Cooper on the road. Sir, it is just the absolute best to have you here today. How's it going, good man? I am doing so good. It's great to be chatting with you, ma'am. It is so good to have you here. And uh, the book has been described in a suitably epic way, John, as being a rebellion against relativism. So why don't we start there, brother? Why can't I have my truth? Why can't you have your truth? And we all just get along. Uh, Turn on the TV. That's why. (laughs) Turn on the TV. See what's happening in the world and see how you love it. (laughs) How's it working out so far, guys? It's everything we knew it could be. As long as I do what makes me feel good and you do what you feel is good, everything's going to work out. And then we end up in utopia and humankind is good. No, that's not what happens. What ends up happening is that we all literally kill ourselves or or kill each other. You don't know which one's going to happen first. Well, the list of rock and roll luminaries who've also penned books delving into absolute truth, postmodernism, and original sin doesn't seem like it's going to be huge (laughs) on the Venn diagram. (laughs) But this, this really is who you are, isn't it, John? I mean, you've been thinking deep thoughts for some time. Well, uh, I guess you're right. It is unusual. I I mean, the irony does not escape me. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I've been a Christian since I was a kid. And to me, Christianity used to be simpler. And I know that might sound stupid, but here's what I mean by that. And I think people my age will be like, yeah, I know what you mean. It used to just be this. If you love Christ, then you just try to stay away from like the flesh, right? You know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. When I grew up in the 80s, 90s, it was just like, it was a life of hedonism, right? In other words, people lived for pleasure. They lived for sin and, and nobody thought they were virtuous while they did it. Right. Madonna never claimed that she was virtuous. She was just sex drugs, sex sells. That's right. Well, something changed in 2010, 11, 12. And I started noticing, I was like, what is going on in the world? And it was so bizarre to me. I I, I mean, I got a million stories, but such weird stuff happening in the world, hearing things I've never heard before. You know what? One of the bizarre things is, because I just said about hedonism. Think about it in 2020. You've got some of the most, according to the Bible, some of the most pagan people in our culture right now. And when I say pagan, I mean hate Christ, 
don't believe in God, openly sin, brag about sin, but they are looked at as the most virtuous people on the planet, right? They get all the, they get all the virtue signal claps and they're looked at as like moral leaders, but their lives actually are immoral according to the word of God. And so that is when I really started going, okay, I need to read some books to find out what in the world is happening. Because I studied philosophy a little in college. I studied theology a little in college. I really? love the Bible. And, and I hadn't done it in 15 years. And I'm like, what is happening? So I began a, a real deep dive, short version. I read about, I bet that I read 200 books. And after three years in 2015, I looked at my wife. I remember being in bed. I looked at my wife. I finished a book and I said, I figured it out. <laughs> wait, wait for it. This is going to be the dumbest thing you've ever heard, guys. I said, I figured it out. Our culture doesn't believe in truth oh. and it doesn't believe. And I don't mean that we disagree about what truth is. We don't believe it exists. We are a post-truth society and it is built upon relativism, which is, of course is an offshoot of postmodernism, but it's built on a, something that says this. Nothing is absolutely true. Nothing is absolutely good or absolutely bad, absolutely moral or immoral. We don't know if the sky is blue or green. It depends on whatever. You, in fact, we don't even know if that's actually a sky. We could just be perceiving it as such. And that is when, I, to me, it all clicked. And I said, you know what happens when you live in a society that so be believes in relativistic thought, it begins to invade the church. And that is why Christianity no longer holds to authority of scripture. That's why Christians can't agree on anything. And that is why so many people are falling from Christian faith because they never believed in the actual Christian faith. You know, that was a pretty good way to start out right there. That was, uh, you were spitting fire and we're only, it's only four minutes and 49 seconds in. <laughs> Long answer. <laughs> of course, you've been doing this since probably 9 a.m. this morning. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're going, let's rock this thing, baby. <laughs> Now, I want to step further into the message of the book in just a moment, but you and your band Skillet, just to set this up, are so fascinating because I think that the narrative about people of strong faith who make music has been, now, if you want to have mainstream success, what you got to do is tone down this message so that it's available to everyone. And if you have this massive following inside the church, absolutely. But honest to goodness, the numbers say you're one of the most successful rock groups ever of all time. You have never toned down the message in your songs. How does that work? Well, it, it has been interesting. And I will say this. There, there is truth to the idea that if you want mainstream success, you do have to tone certain things down. I mean, that really... To be 100% honest, from an atheistic worldview, if I worked at a label, I would say that is just true. That's just good, solid business advice. I will say this. We did not do that. And I believe because we did not do that, that God did something very outside of the norm. Mm. I believe that God blessed it in a way to where when people look at it, they go, that doesn't make sense uh, because God does things that don't make sense, right? <laughs> and God likes to do things. He likes to show off, you know, in, in the best way. I love it when God shows off. Now, it doesn't mean that just because you do what Skillet did that, that you would be blessed in the same way. That's, right. that's up to God. Yeah. But I do believe that, that, that we did something not normal. But, but I also believe this from a philosophy standpoint, 
I remember saying to my manager, I said, here's the deal. I don't think that music listeners care. I don't think they care what religion I am. If my music rocks, if they like it. And I actually think that if I go into an interview, into a mainstream interview, and I'm not embarrassed about my faith, I think that those, the rock listeners who are mostly male, I think those guys are going to be say, or I think they're going to say, that's pretty cool. I don't care. I'm not into Jesus, but I like somebody that's full of conviction. And mm. the reason I said that is because I know that I feel that way. I like right. it when people have conviction. So I just said, you know what? When I go into an interview and they want to make fun of Christianity, and, and this happened one time in an interview, first question, first question. We got John Cooper from Skillet here. Now, John, first question before we get in the music. First question is this. People say that you guys are Christians. I know you came from that world, but some people say that you're Jesus freaks, but you're not one of those kind of Christians, right? Whoa. You still like to party, right? First question. Wow. And I looked him straight in the face and I said, I'm, I am more radical than one of those kind of Christians. I am a Jesus fanatic because everything Jesus says is right. Dude. And anything that I think that is against what Jesus says is wrong. Bam, next question. <laughs> this dude looks at me. <laughs> This dude looks at me like, what is wrong with you? You just said that live on a rock radio station. I was like, well, you asked. You're the one that asked. Now let's talk about some music. And I think that all the atheist people, out, dudes out there were like, okay, then. Right. Well, you know? and, and that makes actually perfect sense because you hear people talk about, particularly with this generation, we're so tired of the pro forma responses that are canned yes. the people they can tell when something is authentic they can tell when something is unvarnished and, and you're really just living that out uh you know you're, you're absolutely right authenticity is is for artists authenticity is the most valuable commodity you just have to be authentic about who you are and people need to believe you and so that is why uh that's why great art uh, sometimes, you know, you see something and you recognize that it's doesn't glorify God, right? Like a painting or whatever, but you still recognize, I know it's good art because I, I'm responding to it. Even if I'm responding to it from I'm an offended point of view, a lot of artists say that's what makes great art. It makes you think it disturbs you or it makes you happy or sad, whatever that may be. So I just kind of took that philosophy of what good art is. And I said, good that I'm going to be upfront about my faith and, and I cannot be ashamed. The, I can't be ashamed of Christ. That's what Jesus said. If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. I want Christ to confess me before the father. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll start going. <laughs> <laughs> the service has begun with Mr. John Cooper, <laughs> the lead vocalist of the widely beloved rock band Skillet. He authors the brand new book, Awake and Alive to Truth, Finding Truth in the Chaos of a Relativistic World. And as you hear this, it's just available across the fruited plain. You know, uh, something that struck me right away, you say in your 23 years of touring all around the world, and you mentioned this up top, but just to dig in a little bit deeper, you say one of the biggest takeaways for you has been just how confused people are. How has that looked? For people, I don't know who all is listening. I assume that some of the people listening right now are my age, um, probably have kids. I, I assume I have two kids, 18 and 15. And um, if you're somewhat my age, then you, you will remember what it was like to be a teenager, right? 
everybody's confused when you're a teenager. <laughs> you know, your, your life is going crazy. Your emotions are going crazy, but you got to understand, and I'm sure you do if you've got kids, it's different than that now. I mean, it is utter, imagine being 15 years old now and not believing that there, are, there is something that can be true 2,000 years ago and will also be true in 2,000 years from now. They don't believe that that's even a possibility, much less what we as Christians believe, which is that God has been tr the same for all of eternity past, and he will never change for all of eternity future. Teenagers do not understand that. They have to find out what is true literally every single day. And the only way they can know what is true is by opening up Snapchat, opening up of course, they don't do Facebook all that much or Twitter or whatever social media platform they do. And they find out what celebrities tell them is true. What words can I no longer say because now they're offensive? What do I have to believe now? What is the new virtuous thing to believe? And that changes every single day. Uh, the, the pressure on these kids is, is just so bad. So, I mean, look at their anxiety levels. Anxiety levels are through the roof. Suicide rates in young people are just astronomical. Um, I, I, I don't have to get into that. Depression, oh my gosh. So anyway, kids are struggling in a way, to be honest, that we didn't struggle, but because they have no foundation for anything. So um, that is why I wrote this book. I call this book Theology for Dummies. Okay, you can sit through this book. It's 120 pages, but it gives you um, it, it takes you on a journey through apologetics and, 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 and some logical thoughts. But it brings you into orthodox theology, original sin, the fact that you cannot trust your emotions and why you can't trust your emotions. And then it leads you into uh, the end of the book, which tells you what it means to become a Christian, what it means to know God and all the amazing promises God has for you if you accept Christ as your savior. So it's an, I think it's an important book for young people. You know, I read a statistic two months ago. I don't know if you saw this and right now I can't remember who put it out, but it said about millennials that of all of the millennials that claim to be Christians, only three, three percent believe in absolute truth. Can't Holy Toledo. 3%. And that is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people that say, I know that I'm a Christian, but I'm not sure if there's anything that is absolutely true. Mm. And, and to parents and people like us, we go, oh, that, that, then how do you know God's even true? What are you talking about? They have, so even when they believe in Christ, they don't believe that the Bible is authoritative because who knows? Maybe I see it a different way than you see it. I feel so bad for these people because... No wonder. It's like, well, I'll, 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 I'll save that. I'll let you ask a question. I'll save it. So I'm probably this, getting boring for people. <laughs> no, not, not in the least. Uh, we appreciate so much your passion. Uh, it's, it's just a delight to talk with you today, John. But really, let's go deeper into exactly what you're talking about. I mean, really, the, the foundation of the book is an extended amount of time arguing for the authority of Scripture. And I can't help but think... You know, there is a trend among some sectors of Christianity itself, just as you say, to look on more and more of the Bible as perhaps really more symbolic, right? The miracles clearly weren't real miracles. How could they have been? They were poetic tales to teach us something. The resurrection itself, the same thing. You don't seem to believe that's going to cut it, sir. <laughs> yes, yes. Look, I have a lot of grace for people who disagree with me about 
about theological issues. Um, in other words, we all might we might disagree about predestination, you know, Calvinism, what does it mean, or limited atonement versus, yeah, we can disagree about lots of stuff, right? Eschatology, you know, is there going to be a rapture or are we post-millennial? Yeah, we can argue about things about scripture. It's a mystery, but we must have unity in some things. And there is a push right now that we have to have unity in all things. So as long as somebody says the word Jesus then we have to have unity with those people. And, and I just got to say, that is not something that I'm willing to do. I will not have unity over truth. If you're not in truth, there will be no unity. There can't be. Um, if, if the words of God are not true, then who's to say which words of God are true and which aren't? You know, so if, if you know, some people say, well, I don't believe in the Bible's, uh, you know, on, on sexual morality or this, that, or the other, um, then maybe you don't believe that Mary was actually a virgin. And that really matters that Mary was a virgin. Maybe you don't believe that Jesus literally died and that he literally became the sacrificial lamb, the substitute for me and you. And that really matters. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, (laughs) then we're all in a lot of trouble. So, you know, these things really do matter. And I start out the book with an amazing story that I did not make up. It's the words of Jesus. Remember when Jesus said this? Jesus said, there are two kinds of people. There are going to be people who hear my words and they, they listen, but they do not act on my words. And those people are going to be like someone who builds a house on the sand. And when the storms come or when a worldwide pandemic comes, or when protests come and political craziness and volatility comes and when your kids are rebelling and when your parents' divorce is happening and when you have suicidal thoughts, all those things come, your house is going to be destroyed because you have nothing to stand on. But there also is another kind of person that hears my words and he acts on them and he will be like someone who builds a house on a rock and it will not be shaken and I want to be someone who builds my house on the rock. And doesn't that sound good right now? I keep telling people, <laughs> doesn't that sound good Amen. to have a life that is not shaken by all the crazy chaos? Amen. So that, that, is, that is my plea, especially for young people. It's interesting. And we're talking with John Cooper today, the tremendous lead vocalist of the widely beloved rock band Skillet. He authors the brand new book, Awake and Alive to Truth, Finding Truth in the Chaos of a Relativistic World, that as you hear this, just available now all across the fruited plain of these United States and the world. Uh, But here for Faith Radio, you're talking about things that don't change, uh, things that are foundational, things that are solid. You spend a lot of time talking about some things that are very changeable, uh, which is emotion. And it's kind of an interesting relationship that you would have with emotion because, of course, as a musician with these powerful songs, I mean, emotion, there is so much emotion that comes from the music that you do and the concert experiences that you have. But you're very clear in terms of building a philosophy, in terms of building a worldview, emotion is great, but it's not enough. Yes, absolutely. You know, our entire culture let's let's move out from christianity just to see that that this in other words this is happening in culture and it is supposed to be the church that brings the kingdom of god to the world in other words 
kingdom culture should be changing <laughs> secular culture. Instead, what is happening is that secular culture is changing the kingdom. And that, that shouldn't be that way. If you look in, in secular culture, emotionalism is, a, is just the word of the day. I mean, we believe in, when I say we, I'm not talking about Christians, I'm talking about secular culture. We believe in psychology over anything. And when we talk about psychology, we're not talking about almost like old psychology. Old psychology used to say that we need to help people see the world as it really is. And if you are going through a struggle, what psychologists used to do was we want to get your brain seeing the world as it actually is, right? To be sane. Now what we do is, well, if your brain tells you you feel like something, then that is reality. Whatever your brain tells you is your own reality, which is also a part of relativism, by the way, right? Because it's relative reality. It's your perceived reality. So that is just happening in, in the world anyway. And um, we, we, we have taught an entire generation of millennials that emotion is the most important thing in the world mm -hmm. and you have to feel it. So I think you also touched on something else that, that I do want to say though, that is that emotion is wonderful. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it awesome yes. that God has been so good to us that he has given me a gift of emotion and I can enjoy eating cookies. You know, what if you just, what if you're like a dog and you can't tell the difference between a cookie or a squirrel, you know, I mean, it's a much better life being a human. <laughs> we can enjoy food. We can enjoy love. If you want to worship God, I'll be the guy dancing. I'll be the guy <laughs> jumping up and down. We should I don't see why we shouldn't get emotional about Jesus Christ who took me from being an enemy of God into being a friend of Jesus, mm. a sibling of Jesus Christ. This is almost too good to be true. <laughs> so I'm going to get emotional about that. But you, but you can't base it on the emotion because guess what? You probably are going to have a day when you might not feel emotional about Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe you don't feel emotional about your wife or your husband that day. You have to get your life lined up with the word of God. And what I found in my life, if I could give people an encouragement, if you're people listening to go, hey, I've had days where I'm not emotional about my spouse either, or even my kids are driving me so crazy. I, I feel like a bad mom because they're driving me so cr cr crazy that I don't even, I know I love them, but I don't feel like I love them today. You know, that, I, know I know what that's like. I'm a parent, okay? <laughs> you might have those days, but here's the, the, the encouragement is this. When you line yourself up to the word of God and you line yourself up to what you know is true. So, and what I mean by that mom, whoever's listening or dad, whoever's <laughs> listening is that if you've had a bad day with your kids, but you've been taking care of them all day and you kept them fed and you kept them clothed, that means you do love them, whether you feel like it or not, you do love them. And the truth is, is that the more you live out the truth, the feelings begin to follow. And I, I just think that's, an amazing grace of God. The feelings will follow, but you can't base it on the feelings. So I did write a chapter about not trusting your emotions. And then I followed that out because I said, within the church, the number one thing that I see, if somebody say, John, what is the number one problem with theology in the church? I would say that we have followed our emotions to such a degree that we now uh, as you said, we just view the scriptures whatever way makes me feel good. And that is not, that is not Christianity. Right. That's called the flesh. <laughs> just throwing that out. That's called the flesh. That's not Christianity. <laughs> oh man, well said, well said. Well, this has just been tremendous and our time is, 
is quickly uh, saying farewell. But in just the last several minutes, first of all, let me give you a chance, John. Uh, the book, once again, called Awake and Alive to Truth, Finding Truth in the Chaos of a Relativistic World. Sir, where can we go to learn more about you and to pick up a copy of the book as well? Oh, I'm glad you asked because there's only literally one place you can get the book. Only one. You cannot go to the store and get it. You can't even go to Amazon and get it right now. Uh, my website, johnlcooper.com. johnlcooper.com slash awake if you want to go straight to the book. The reason you can only get it here is this. I'm going to say something. It's going to sound like I'm bragging, but I'm not. I'm making fun of myself. Um, when, when, I, when I approached publishers about the book last year, approached probably six different publishers and everybody said, John, we really want to do a book with you. And I said, great, I'll send it to you. And I sent it to everybody. <laughs> and after reading it, they all went, John, we don't want to print this book. <laughs> we want to do a book with you, but not that book, brother. Here's the thing. This is not the kind of book that probably sells really big. This is a book that says, hey, you actually are not enough and you actually are not a good person without Christ. But the great news is that he can make you into a brand new creation. Wow. He has great news for you and, and he will lead you into life. So if you want to get that book, I, I want to say one more thing. It's really good. If you're a parent, you know, as I said, theology for dummies, your kids probably can't sit through a theology book, but after reading this book, they will have a grasp on what original sin is. They will have a grasp on why they need Christ and how to repent and come to Christ. JohnLCooper.com slash awake. John Cooper, I can't tell you how much fun it's been to chat with you today, sir. Thank you so much for your time. It's just been a pleasure. I've loved it. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.